where we discuss every single Bare Naked Lady song in alphabetical order. It is not randomized. It is not here nor there. It is in a direct order if you get what I'm trying to say. And joining me tonight to discuss this wonderful song, we have Jeff. Jeff, thank you for joining us. Hello, everyone. How you doing? And we also have Stefan. Stefan, have you listened to tonight's song? Oh, well, I, you know, I listened to it on and then off, and, you know, then I had to feed the cat, and then I listened to it again, and uh, then a little bit more, and I stopped. It was very intermittently that I was listening to this That was song. almost scripted. That almost sounds so, scripted. We don't script, but that... We don't script, no. I mean, my jokes are never, my puns are never scripted. Never. <laughs> oh. They're just bad. Oh, they're always bad. I admit that. <laughs> But at least they're not scripted and bad. That would be worse. <laughs> it's acceptable as long as they're improv. That's fine. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so this week, as Stefan already kind of intimated, we are discussing the song intermittently. Someone It is a song written completely by Steven, and it is from... Oh, we don't have Aaron this week. All right, so we'll just say it. It's from Maybe You Should Drive. Only the best B&L album ever. <laughs> we will have words. <laughs> what, Gordon? <laughs> I have not picked a number for tonight, sir, so we'll see what I give it. <laughs> uh. I may go up, I may go down, I might change my d direction throughout listening to this song. It's very intermittent. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Matter of fact, throughout the, throughout the talk tonight, I'm just going to randomly throw things out there, like, okay. for no reason. Yeah. Can I say the album? Can I do the album tonight? Can I uh, yeah, yes, you can. Please, please, yeah. please. Ooh, 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 do it, do it, do it. This one is off my favorite Bare Naked Ladies album, which is Maybe You Should Drive. Nice. Now, do you know any facts about this song, though, Jeff? Do I know any facts about this song? Well, I know yeah. it was written by Stephen Page. And yeah, it, it sure was. Almost, in, I mean, vocally, lead vocals are Stephen Page, definitely. Yep. Um, specifically about this song, I don't know. I do know, um, and we'll get into this, I'm sure, during the course of the show, I do know Break Your Heart was also supposed to be on... Maybe you should drive. And it was and move the pirate ship. It was actually recorded uh -huh. for this album. It was. It was not only supposed to be on it, but it was recorded for and this listening album. Listening to the two songs, you can see why because they're very similar in their ideas. So I can see why they wanted to kind of split that up a little bit and maybe give one to maybe you should drive and one to uh, pirate ship because uh, break your heart and intermittently are uh, very very similar in their ideas. Yes. All right, so are you getting are you getting the hints I'm throwing down here about the important fact about tonight's song? I don't believe I am because I'm too distracted by the fact that you just took off your shirt. But well, not uh, uh, this was the naked track. Oh, this was yeah, you are correct. This was the naked <laughs> track. Yes, yeah. yes, you. That is true. I did. I did know that. Yes. I mean, my white track. body can definitely be like very like blinding and and distracting. So how naked are you? Is it just shirt, or are we full on? Oh my God, Stefan! Please, whatever you're doing, this is a family show. They don't need to see that. <laughs> so, yeah, this is the naked track. Yes. From, now, would you have ever in a million years have guessed that this was the naked track from this album, though? No, not not based on the production of the song and everything, and no, all and I, all the parts that get thrown into this. I I have to say, like it, when I when I was going through and figuring and labeling, like which ones are the naked track off this album, I never would have guessed this was like life in a nutshell. Maybe alternative girlfriend, maybe, but yeah, not intermittently. I would never have thought that. Right. So it's just a very weird choice for them to go with. 
I also think the placement on the album is weird. Um, I actually would have put this song first on. Maybe you should draw. Oh. It. I love I love Jane. You're already giving me a look that says maybe not. But I love Jane, and we will get to that probably in a few weeks. I'm sure. Um, but I don't think Couple Jane months. is a, is an opening track. Now, as much as I love, and I know that before you should drive, or maybe you should drive before you should drive. I know maybe you should drive is collectively not viewed as a top PL album. It's got a lot of favorites on it, but um, you know, Jane being one of them, I don't feel like Jane is a strong opening track. I would have started the album with this. I I agree with you. I I think and we'll be reorganizing this album after we're all done listening to all the songs. We'll be reorganizing all the albums, but I, I agree with you that Jane was not the right choice to start this album off. I would have put it probably around three or four. Yeah, yeah. I think right, Jane right is, a, is, a, is a great song, and we'll, we'll oh, yeah. talk about that. But um, it belongs. It belongs in there. It's a hit, but it's not. Yeah. It's not a, an album starter. It's not a like boom wake you up song. Right. Um, the I songs that were the hits off this album, like Alternative Girlfriend and Jane, um, and Life in a Nutshell. Um, you know, I I, I I I loved Life in a Nutshell, and and we'll get to that too. But that's. <laughs> To me, one of the perfect BNL songs. I don't want that as the opener. I want to get to that. So I like its placement. I mean, Alternative Girlfriend, I don't think should start the album. Um, Tell me and, why. And that was my go-to. Isn't, isn't strong enough. It's not a. It's not a. It's not an opening song. But intermittently, I feel you can open an album with uh, because it okay. smacks you in the face right from the start. I think they should have started off um, with alcohol. Yeah, I mean, if it's maybe you should drive. Maybe that should have been the introduction. Interu introductory song. Maybe if we were talking about that, that would work. <laughs> Since we're not on that album. Wrong, wrong album. Wrong album. So when Kevin joined the band, he had to learn the response, the, the songs really quickly. Um, he was only given one month to learn the songs before they went on tour. He had and one month to learn all the songs. <laughs> um, wow. And there were certain songs that he... T are certain parts of songs that he already knew and that he absolutely loved and that had no want to change it in, at all in the world. The riff in this song is one of the things that he was like, nope, we're not changing that. That is, that's staying and I know it already. Well, let's go. And let's talk about the piano part of this song. It is glorious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it it really is so heartfelt. On the second chorus. Um, I mean, there's, you hear pieces of it, but it really hits on that second chorus. Um, and the uh, just the whole jazziness of it right there in the second chorus. Everything that happens with the piano from there on out, um, it's just fantastic. And, uh, yeah, Andy's playing on this song is fantastic. Jim's playing on the song is fantastic. I will say this right now. I will die on this hill. Everything that happens from the bridge on this song to the very end is some of my favorite stuff in music. <laughs> from, the, from the bridge to the end. And I can talk about more. We can talk more about that, but I just think well, it's perfect. No, go ahead. We're talking about the music. Like let's let's talk about that. Like, what is it that you love about the end of this song from that bridge on? Well, I have to I have to step back. And how long do you want me to talk? Because I can talk about this song for a while. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll cut you off when we need to. Okay. So, right. so intermittently starts right in your face, and it gets you right into that first line. You know, uh, uh, which is one of my favorite lines that BNL has ever done, which is, um, Someone somewhere has unglued our epoxy, yeah. Which is a great hit. And then he repeats the line to go into the book. So you can have a very interesting... strong start to this song. This song is very reverse what you're expecting. So you get a, you get a really powerful in-your-face uh, first verse. You get to the chorus, which brings it back to a very mellow jazz thing. I love you intermittently and i love you so and then um boom back into the verse <clears throat> pulls back to the chorus again which is mellow now adding some of that great andy piano um but then boom into the bridge when immeasurably and it just hits you and it just hits everything builds up to uh turns to intermittently there's no use in going on except for fear of being wrong and then there's that little piano stinger that follows right there and then probably one of my favorite Stephen lines short of what he does in Break Your Heart Every morning I get hit 
what they do in the third chorus is that little back and you'll you'll kind of hear this again in A, but that little uh, um, vocal arrangement that builds up in the chorus pulls it back for a fourth chorus and just drops it down to this beautiful mellow little jazzy part again, and then just in case you've thought you've done every they've done everything they could, the final <laughs> outro completely switches and goes into that almost like Spanish guitar um, moment where he does the. Uh, didn't have a heart to say goodbye, so I continued in my Charlton ways. Did I say hard? I meant to say got so now I'm on my own. And I'm sorry that you've gone. Well, we find out that Steve can fast sing. Like, hey, Ed can, Ed can fast sing, but guess what? So can Steve. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he does that, like, just that little fast, like, little outro. And that outro is important when we get to the lyrics. I mean, that, I think that outro is hugely important to the song. Um... And I, I love the fact that it was stylistically different than everything else in the song because of how important it is. There's a lot of lyrical uh, painting here with the way the music is done. Um, well, and you mentioned the sting to start the song, but there, what is that? There's a musical instrument that doing something interesting. It sounds like with the guitar, um, with the electric guitar, but it's not a sting. It's it's he's doing something almost like he's running the pick up along one of the chords. That gives us this. He, they don't do it live. They it, it's a very interesting. No, on that very the first note of the whole song. There's yeah. There's like this weird fuzz <laughs> thing going on, and I don't. And I think that's where we need Aaron here because I don't know exactly yeah. what that is. But there's pretty much a, um, a fuzzy little intro that leads you right into the first verse, and that's why I think this is a strong album album opener because that first verse is solid uh, from that opening line. It's just the build up into it. I mean, it just. Smacks you in the face. And like I said, and maybe it's not for everybody, but that first line of this song, I think, is just fantastic. And to have it repeated and then to have the rhyme that they use for it is... is, (laughs) Well, it's a really interesting choice to repeat it. Like it, it's an it's an amazing rhyme, but to, to repeat that first line of the song is a it. really interesting choice. Like I'm not sure why he chose to do it, but it's it's a it's something they don't do in any other songs. Oh, I love it. It, it feels like it feel it makes it feel very epic and, the, and theatrical. Like here's my opening line, and it's mm. such a good line. I love that he kind of redoes it, <laughs> does it in a slightly different way because he knew he had that solid rhyme that was coming. Here's the overture. <laughs> And if you know this song, that rhyme kicks freaking booty. <laughs> well, it's not just an amazing rhyme off a really hard word to rhyme, but it fits perfectly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it sounds great. I mean, the way the Steve's vocals in this song, to me, are on par with what he does in Break Your Heart. Um, in now, that he has to sell the power in the first verse. He has to pull back to that jazzy chorus, bring it back, Bring it, you know, bring it down again, and then just nail it on that bridge. Like that whole bridge um, is just to me one of the best bridges BNL has ever done, lyrically and musically. I think that's one of the uh, a very good bridge. And I also like Steven singing really quite a bit. He seems to belt Mm -hmm. a little bit more than Ed does. And I kind of like that. Yeah, Steve isn't afraid to really go full operatic if he has to. Yeah, I don't know if he quite hits the uh, full-on anguish that he doesn't break your heart, but he gets really close in the song. His so his voice does uh, especially on that wake you know I I, I wake up yawning um, I hit the ground yawning he goes from a yawn to a scream and a full out scream like he's doing damage to his vocal cords and here. also very brilliant for that line I mean the line is every morning I gr- I hit the ground yawning and you do, you would expect the line to like that to have the um, the uh, NUE of you know, I hit the ground yawning like there's some boredom factum here, like there's some stagnancy. And he just goes from that into this full scream to where, you know, you just lied to us, sir. This is not what's happening in your life right now. And when we get the lyrics, we'll talk about that. But it was, uh, you know, it's just it's a great line to show where someone in the situation of the song might be at that point. 
Well, and I think it's also, it, it really, as you mentioned with the lyrics, it highlights that line, but it also points out the juxtaposition of it, of he is not just bored with his life, but he's extremely frustrated and furious with where he is in his life, um, to the point that he's just like, he's frustrated is the best word because literally he's frustrated in a number of different ways with what he's put himself into. Yeah, this sh- this song shows a really solid uh, progression of an individual that we've either maybe been in our life or that we know and how he goes from one thought process to the end. I mean, you get to see the full, uh, you know, the full storyline of a person that thinks this way. And we've talked a lot about Stephen is not afraid to do songs that are pretty much about scumbags. Um, you know, humor the situation, break your heart. Uh, in a way, I guess you could say, um, he's not afraid to be a scumbag in his songs, and this song, he's full-on oh. scumbag. Oh, the narrator is a horrible person. <laughs> yeah, this song does not paint a good person. This song does not paint someone you can root for. Um, no. and I And I like how it circles about to the point of the story where, you know, he finally realizes what this, what his choices have done for him. And- well, and I want to come back to that, because I, I, yeah, let's come back to that. Okay. But I wanted to point out, too, like, one of the things that I think is very, uh, but matches up and syncopates perfectly with the uh, message of this song is that the way that he go, we, they, we go from an alternative rock song to loungy, jazzy breaks back to alternative rock, um, then almost like a little shop of horrors feel with the bridge, um, as you were mentioning before, and and that back and forth feels very hot and cold. It's intermittent. It's intermittent, exactly. And I love the fact that he's yeah. very hot and cold with the feel of this song. <laughs> As well as hot and cold with the the lyrics. Yeah, I don't want to mic drop that early, but I mean the the, the musical and lyric painting in the song is glorious in that it's as ad, as intermittent as he claims to be with his love for this person. It's it definitely sells it very hardcore and then it pulls it back. I love you intermittently, love you, love you, and then the boom, it brings you back into the verse. And yeah, it's a very intermittent song the way they pull it off. Now, it wouldn't be a good B&L song without us also mentioning, of course, the beautiful background harmonies right at the very start, oh, and then God. also at the penultimate <laughs> chorus. They are absolutely gorgeous. They're not singing what Steve is singing. They are they are adding extra things in the background very that really yeah. gives a whole new layer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right from the start with the, someone somewhere has unglued our epoxy, and then the rest of the band comes through with that, ah, like that choral odd. Ah, it's... <laughs> Uh, like you, I mean, this is one song where I, I have to say, I think this is why uh, maybe is one of my favorite albums, or probably my favorite album by them, is it wasn't the one I started on. But when I found this, and, you know, I, I had already known Jane because I had the greatest hits before this album. Um, so then this one comes in. That line, you had me sold. Whatever you did on that first line with just the wording, the lyric of it, and then that choral background, there was no way I wasn't going to listen to this whole bloody <laughs> thing. <laughs> Do you think they came up with the line of now I'm kissing you by proxy and they're like, I need something that rhymes with proxy? <laughs> I can see so that they, they came up with the proxy line first, actually. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't I don't understand the epoxy part. <laughs> well it's glue. Well it's, it's I a know. strong glue and the idea is that um to me anyway, I don't like to interpret lyrics for everyone. My idea is that this relationship was solid at one point, somebody else is tearing the glue apart. Does someone else bring right. the Yoko Ono? <laughs> right, which goes back yeah, to the gotcha. bridge of when immeasurably becomes intermittently. So their attraction is becoming unglued. Yes. 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 Or at least hit on his end. <laughs> because Whether because of his choices and his decisions, um, or specifically because of someone else, yeah. Well, and I, I love the fact that he's trying to blame someone else in this situation. Oh, yeah. Someone yeah. somewhere has unglued our epoxy. It right. has nothing to do with me. I didn't do it. Tries to love me. Hope you don't mind. Like, it's so cocky at the beginning. Oh, oh my, what an asshat. <laughs> what an absolute horrible person. Should I tell you to your face and, and risk my hide? It's all about him. It's about what's going to happen to him. Oh, yeah. He is so selfish. <laughs> the narrator, not Stephen, the narrator. Let's be, I wanna... but like I said, this is very break your heart in the sense of I don't want to tell you because... And he does get into the, the no guts thing. You know, I don't have the courage. 
Here, break your heart never indicates that he was cheating on the person. Just that he was, you know, uh, not complacent. in the Right. Here, you full-on feel this dude is cheating. Oh, <laughs> there's no doubt about yeah. it. He's cheating. I think it's primarily, this song is primarily about his cow- uh, cowardice as well. Because it seems like he's just avoiding any interaction, you know? Avoiding telling something to her face or avoiding confrontation. And uh, <laughs> he, he didn't even have the guts to say goodbye. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you you mentioned this too, Tracy, and we're not talking about lyrics, but I mean... No, we can talk about lyrics. From the bridge on is one of my favorite parts, is when immeasurably turns to intermittently is such... It's so powerful, the way he sings it and the way it builds to that. Is it that whole idea that, you know, he at one point was probably telling her, I love you to the moon and back. I love My love for you has no measure. It has no end. And now it's gone stale. And he's using that to justify what he's doing, which is, you know, clearly a bit unscrupulous. Well, and there's no no use in going on, oh, except for I'm, I'm afraid that I might be wrong and you're actually good for me. And the person I'm with might be bad for me. You know, like, this is not going to end well for me at all, which we find out at the end of the song was the case. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, did you say that uh, he wasn't cheating in this song? Oh, no, no, I definitely think he's cheating. There's no doubt. Yeah, because he is. Oh yeah. Says so, so she's a lot like you, but she don't look like you. Yeah, oh, and yeah. break your yeah. heart. No, I said and break your heart. There and break your heart, which is very similar. There's no indication he was cheating. He was just. Oh, kind of I see. I see. Yeah. Guys. But here, there's clearly um, there's that whole gutsiness, that that gutlessness of I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to tell you. Um, he even says, I didn't have the guts to tell you. Oh, but, but if he's... Clearly is he's cheating. If he's telling her, he's telling her in every single wrong way possible. Well, she's a lot like you, but she don't look like you. Okay. You kind of you kind of feel like this is a really <laughs> nasty phone call where he's far away, and he's even on the phone saying, hey, by the way, there's this person here looks a lot like you. Okay, she's not you, but like, well, you almost... Like, feel like, are you even telling her this, dude? That's messed up. <laughs> well, even like, the worst is the next line. Okay, she's not you, but she'll do fine. Like, right, anything's right. better than you. <laughs> right. And, and she'll, she'll be the proxy. She's doing your job for you, you know? In a sick way, it's kind of a... He's trying to make it a compliment. Like, I, uh, yeah, yeah, I've got someone else you. here. It, it's kind of like you. So that means I'm thinking of you. Therefore, I'm not cheating. <laughs> I'm kissing you by proxy. Hope you don't mind. <laughs> Yeah. By the way, you know, he almost tries to sell her short. Stick around if you enjoy disaster, because that's what you're getting. You know, right? <laughs> uh, if you can't see what I'm after, you must be blind. Insult, like her ideas of this relationship. Like you knew what you were getting into with me. It's so horrible, but I love the song at the same time. <laughs> yes, like he's a douchebag. Song. There's no way around. How can I love a song so much about such a horrible person? That's that's what I said. Like I absolutely love this song. I adore this song because it's musically and, and lyrically and the way he sings it. But you're really you're really loving the song about a really horrible person. He is. He is not a nice person. This is not a person I think I could enjoy being friends with. No, 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 be no, constantly no, no. I, like I couldn't me. have a conversation with this guy at all. No. <laughs> Dude, wake up. Stop. No, no, you should not have said that. That was bad. No, wrong. No. She knew what she was getting into when she <laughs> got into a relationship with me. <laughs> now, being intermittent, we're going to go back really quickly to the music. Andy is is doing an amazing... The, actually, let me just say the Cregans are doing an amazing oh, yeah. job yeah. on this song. This is, a, this is a Cregan song musically, definitely. Both of them are in it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we have Andy on piano, but not just piano. He's also doing timpani and cymbals. So it's not that he's just do- not doing enough with just piano. But then you have Jim. He's on cello. He's on the electric bass. And then he's also doing the arc bass, which I think is on the bridge. That wasn't enough strings. They're like, no, we need more strings. We need more more drums. So they bring Ed in on the bass drum. And then that Ben Mink, who is the producer of this album, is on viola and violin. And keep in mind, this is the naked track. Right. They're all theater, all in the studio together. Let's put as much as we can. But man, <laughs> that bass just slaps, like on the first oh. chorus. The first chorus, you hear a lot of the bass and the guitar. The piano tinkling doesn't really kick in until the second verse. But when it does, you notice it. 
you know, I mean, you're just like, oh. <laughs> he, he was really pulling at your heartstrings with that piano. Like, it really mm -hmm. is gorgeous and heartfelt. You almost, it's the part of the song, I think without that piano in there, you miss the, the, the gorgeous, like, empathy for this guy that makes you want to cheer for this guy. I think if that were taken out, you would totally miss that with the song because that no, piano right. and listening to love it. The piano is right after the um, in the bridge, except for fear of being wrong. You just hear that little <laughs> piano kind of flutter there for a second, and, and you're like, "Oh, they're gonna pull it back again." And nope, nope, Steve's gonna drive forward. <laughs> well, and and if you watch the live version of this, um, so they're uh, going to appearances now because we're being intermittent tonight. Going to appearances, I've got to say, like it, they have one where they did intimate and interactive on CBC, and they start the song off with this song. That's their starter for the show. And they have an amazing interview at the very end of it. But the part I love is that they keep bouncing from all the different people playing this. And at one point, the person that they go over to at that, exactly that point you were just pointing out is Andy playing the keys as he, and like, it was perfectly timed. I don't know if they understood the song and knew that was coming, but it is absolutely glorious to see him tinkling on those keys as he's going up to scale. Like I said, for me, from the time that bridge hits, lyrically and musically, this song is just a... I mean, the whole song is, but this song is a, a thrill ride. From the time that bridge hits all the way to the end. Because it's it's not stagnant, it doesn't repeat, it just keeps switching up what it's doing. That third chorus that comes in is just that beautiful <laughs> lyrical build with the, uh, the vocals, the arrangement. They pull you back to the fourth chorus and they go back to the very somber... Um, jazzy with the beautiful piano playing and everything, and then just as one little kibosh on the thing, they do that outro, which is completely different than anything else you've heard. <laughs> and just this this whole song for me is just a thrill ride, and I love it. Now, once again, bouncing around, I mm -hmm. love intermittently. Yeah, I love that line. What I love even more is the pause. I love you. Intermittently, <laughs> I'm being really sweet. You can almost see a little breath in there, right? And then, like, <laughs> he can't help but be honest about who he is. It's almost like that uh, that Jim Carrey movie where he can't help but tell the truth the whole time, and he's just like mm, intermittently. Yep. <laughs> liar, liar. He wraps that up with the uh, didn't have the heart to say goodbye, so I continue to my charlatan ways. Did I say hard? I meant to say guts. And I'm like, <laughs> which is funny. That's that is hilarious because he's like, well, I didn't have the heart. To okay, well, no, really, truly, I didn't Not have the, the guts, guts yeah. to say goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> heart had nothing to do with it. <laughs> no, <laughs> but it's interesting. So, does he at the end of this song learn his lesson? I think he does not. My belief at the end of the song is we still have the same person that started this song he's yeah. he's not sorry that he made the mistake of breaking up with this woman or the way he's treated her he's sorry that she's gone he's right. sorry he's that he's lonely he... because right um, things did with her didn't work out they obviously didn't work out with the proxy lady her proxy person and so now he's alone and but yeah i don't i don't think he still has realized know what he did no I, there's no remorse at all in any of these lines throughout this song no lesson has been learned if you were right. writing a nope no character development no character development in this song i mean we got a two-minute song but or three so minutes maybe, so maybe break your heart is like part two it's the same guy <laughs> Here's I want what happens to, a year later. I want to separate those. Please, let's separate those. <laughs> I like to think the guy from Break Your Heart's just weak. Well, okay, yeah. This guy is just this guy is just not a nice person. That's <laughs> true. Very selfish. You guys got it. He's a very selfish <laughs> character in the song. You're you're right. I guess I can't really compare because the guy in Break Your Heart at least sounds empathetic. Like I. I didn't do it because I was thinking of you, at least. But the guy in, in Intermittently clearly oh. is not thinking that at all. He is totally and utterly selfish. <laughs> so I, I think the other thing that I want to kind of point out is that... Oh, butter, I just messed up. Oh, sorry. Um, is <laughs> That's my way of not swearing when I'm swearing. One of the great things about this song is the bridge. Not just the music of this bridge... 
but it does what great B&L bridges do, which is I'm going to take the whole song and I'm going to wrap it up for you in four lines. I'm going to explain what this song is like, boom, right here, really quickly. If you didn't get it before, now you've got it. Go. Right. Although I almost even, um, me personally, I do agree with you that I think they do wrap up the song in the four lines of the bridge. I almost consider the next part, even though you could say it's still a stanza verse, like a third verse, I still group that in with the bridge. Just okay. It starts completely different. It does bring itself back around, but I would put that whole, I would lump that all together as a bridge. I know technically isn't true, but um, but yeah, I do agree with you that those four, the four real bridge lines do wrap up you know what the song is about and, and that's great like if you that's what a good bnl song does is they're like okay here's the song and we're gonna be poetic through the whole thing but this middle part right here if you haven't understood what we're singing you will now understand it it will bring you into light and now we're gonna get back to the story <laughs> this is our abstract we're just putting it in the middle of the song Stefan, we've been doing a lot of talking. What are your thoughts yes. about this song? Yes, Stefan. I like it. And you guys are nailing all the points that I'm actually thinking about. So I'm just letting you guys go, which is awesome. <laughs> you know, the music rises and falls and it changes, you know, from the jazzy to kind of more rock. And then, you know, you're right. It, it goes from hot and cold and... Uh, <laughs> Whoever they're writing about is a douchebag. <laughs> Absolutely. But, I mean, the song is jazzy and snappy, and it's really good. And um, I like it quite a bit, actually. I really like listening to this song. Is there a trouble with Tracy? There is no trouble with Tracy with this song. Not that I could think of, honestly. Other than the guy is a kind of a dick. Oh, oh, the guy is totally a problem. That, okay, so the trouble with Tracy this week is the guy. Like, this guy, the guy is... The guy is... Yeah. The narrator of this song is not a nice person. <laughs> if, as, if you can overlook that and enjoy art, knowing you're listening about a horrible person, then you will like this song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what I would say. If you like, listen... If you can to... listen to the thoughts of a horrible person and still be like, that is dang good music. That is a well-written horrible person's ideas about yeah, the world. Yes, yes. <laughs> He gets it. I don't know how, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that it, that he it gets it for any specific reasons, but he gets it. As a matter of fact, I think it's written in such a way that if if the narrator of this song listened to this song, he'd be like, "Yeah, you you understood me. Thank you," and he would have no problem with the song because <laughs> it really doesn't. Because the narrator of the story doesn't learn anything, he's not being negative about himself in any way shape or form so he's not putting himself down there's no judgment on the place of the singer around the narrator of this song no you never feel at any point like he's sorry for what he's done no. um and in fact in, in complete opposite he almost seems cocky about it yeah i would agree with that yeah he, he doesn't recognize what he's doing as damaging to others it makes me feel really dirty liking this song <laughs> yes. Oh, you are yes. dirty, Tracy. You oh, are my ranking is going to sound even dirtier. <laughs> well, no. before we get too dirty, why, why don't we... See how dirty we can make it sound. Jeff, would you like to give us a rating scale? I will do the rating scale, and um, this is going to be on guts. How many guts do you think this song Ooh. is? How many guts do you have to rank this song? So on a scale of zero to five guts. Oh, I have a lot of guts to rank, so but I need to go. Uh -huh. I need to not go first because I am struggling with a number. I have a number. I I have to give this one a five for me. This wow. one's a pure five. Yeah, um, this one's up there with the best, and it's just because everything to me is done right. I can't pinpoint anything wrong with this song except for the subject matter, which is the guy. <laughs> but it's just but you but you. You go along for the ride, and you're like, you. It's, it's a song about a person you love to hate, and, um, but like I said, musically, I mean, I, I the song just hits me. I know I have to listen to it from the second I start it. This is one I will never skip. This is one that will be on all my BNL playlist. Um, I think it's one of the strongest tracks on. Maybe you should drive, if not the entire catalog. Um, 
that's going to be weird when we get when we talk about other songs. I think, like you know, I would put this up there with "Break Your Heart" easily. I was just going to uh, say, like you just like you haven't given us a score for "Break Your Heart" yet, but like you've just put it up there with it. Uh, <laughs> it's also fine. But <laughs> um, well, you can't go any higher. No, you can't. You can't go higher for me. This is a five. I just like I said because there is nothing wrong with it, I, and I will say this: from I will die on this hill. From the bridge on is, I think, some of the finest music I have ever heard. Um, both from the band, the arrangement, the vocal arrangement. Um, this is one that will, I will always come back to, and so i got to give it a five. Stefan, do you need time to think about your numbers? Because I, I got no. mine. All right, you no, go I've ahead. I've got it. I've got it locked and loaded. <clears throat> I like the music. You know, when you listen to the song, you can't tell that it's... You know, he's singing about some kind of guy that's just trying to find a place for his uh, wee-wee. But, um, I, but, I mean, you don't even hear that. It's just, it's smooth. It's good to listen to. You can listen to it in the car, wherever, whatever you're doing. And um, uh, and Steve's singing is just awesome. I, I, I like how he's able to push out the notes and make it really powerful regardless of whatever the topic is. Harmonization is great. Um, the, the subject matter is the only only thing um, that's kind of wonky on the whole thing. It's like, what? What? What is he talking about here? Um, what's with this epoxy? I don't get it. So, um, <laughs> but uh, no, my ranking is going to be a, a good 4.25. I really liked it. Um, yeah, it's like, I mean, it's not a five for me. Uh, I don't know why, because you'll it, find it's got to be like I'm sure blow you'll my find socks one. off good for it to be a five. But uh, but that's just the way it is for me. I well, hope I didn't disappoint you. Off, but <laughs> no. <laughs> um, if we can't say it's the same guy from Break Your Heart, can we at least say it's the same guy from uh, Humor of the Situation? Oh, I I would call him a man whore, and I this guy's a man whore. Oh yeah, I could go with that. Okay. I would go with that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so in I was going up and down my scale on in the spreadsheet here, going okay, yeah, nope, better than this, not quite there with this. My immediate number that I thought of to begin with, I have to go with, and it actually ranks up with all the ones that I put on this list. Um, so. I put, I'm going to give it, and I'll tell you right off the bat, it's a 4.75 for me, which puts it on the same level with Alternative Girlfriend, which I think is perfect, because I, I think that that's the sound that is alike to this song, and I think it fits right there with it. And I I think that, once again, it, the, the part that only pulls it back a little bit, there's not as many harmonies as I think they could do in this, so there's that little bit missing. Um, and then I, I, it makes me feel a little bit guilty for liking this song because, because of the <laughs> narrator. Um, so, and, and I have to say, because I gave Break Your Heart a five, I can't say that this is as good as Break Your Heart. It, right, really close. Like, it's as close as you could probably get. But it's, like, and I think the reason is, is the narrator. I think that's the only part that really... <laughs> That that difference so you, of you can you can so what you're saying is you can empathize enough with the the narrator of break your heart but not this guy correct <laughs> okay and that hey, makes Jeff. sense to me because the the break your heart guy does seem like he had the right intentions I get that Aaron what are your thoughts on the song intermittently um I, first of all what album does this song come off from it's definitely early. It's uh, it's not it's not Gordon early. I can tell that much. Um, it's the, I don't think it's stunt. I'm gonna say maybe you should drive. Correct. Nice, nice, nice. Very nicely done. Yes, and this is a Steven song. Um, and this was also interestingly enough their their uh, naked song for this album. This yeah for this album. I could see that. <laughs> Can you? Okay. Talk a little bit about that because I could not see that. I, I was like, really? Really naked on this one? There's something in the quality of it that made me think that that might be the case. Yeah. So it, it, if I remember correctly, Alcohol was the bare naked track or the naked track for, for uh, Stunt, right? 
Correct. Um, so it kind of reminded me of that song, not necessarily in in the feel, but there's something very um, I don't know. When I was listening to the song, did you see Tracy the uh, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody film about Queen? I did not. I have not seen that yet. I recommend it. You know, there's there's a lot to be said about it uh, for many reasons, but there's a lot of scenes of Queen recording in the film in the studio. And uh, while I was listening to this song, I started thinking about that for some reason. And I, I just started wondering to, to myself, you know, is this maybe the, the naked track? Because I could kind of see there's this driving feel about it. It's um, it's this kind of very driving rock song. And um, what I really like about this song, a lot of the songs that I like that Paige sings, he has this kind of feel to his melodies where he bounces around he kind of gets ahead and he goes behind and he kind of leaps forward and back and he he goes he takes these leaps uh uh melodically like from one note to another and then there, there's this really interesting his melodies are not uh are not typical of uh of rock i think that's something I, i've taken me a while to kind of place my finger on um because even even some of the more like if you took just the chords to this song it might be a very standard rock song, uh, but his melody and and the way that it's played is just so driving and like there's this there's this kind of nervous energy to it, and that kind of makes sense given the lyrical content, which I'm sure we'll talk about in just a moment. <laughs> but I could see this being a song where like to get the feel right, they're like, oh heck with it, let's just take off all our clothes and do it naked, <laughs> and see if that helps. And I think it did. I think ultimately that that may have been. That may have lent itself to that kind of nervous energy that you hear in the song. Well, and this is the second time they'd ever done that, so... Yeah, probably still kind of a new deal for them. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your thoughts on the music and, and on the lyrics of this song? Like I said, I really like the music. Uh, it's very driving. There's this kind of... Um, it, it's an interesting feel to it. It's not, it's not like... A, it's not a sad song uh it's not really a happy sounding i'm just talking musically at the moment the lyrics are pretty sad but um (laughs) it's it's, if you just listen to it musically and you didn't listen to the lyrics i don't it's really kind of enigmatic you know and i guess um that's probably intentional again it's probably programmatic because the narrator of the song is very much on the fence or or maybe not even on the fence but knows what he wants to do and just can't motivate himself to do it uh so yeah it's got this really interesting feel to it It, it's a song that uh i immediately liked it as soon as i heard it you know it's it's one of those songs it didn't take me a while it kicked on i heard the the drums and the guitar and the way that it was moving and i heard uh steven's uh melody and i just immediately thought you know this is a cool song i like it i can get behind it um and then it was also the the chorus we'll, we'll, we'll kind of bridge into the the lyrics here now but the the chorus as soon as i heard that you know i love you intermittently uh again i'm the kind of person that the lyrics are typically kind of secondary for i pay attention to the music first but that grabbed me right away and i was like whoa whoa (laughs) (laughs) you you what now and uh it made me kind of i actually this is one of the one of the few times where during the very first listen the lyric caught my attention and i kind of rewound it uh, that, You're that, like that, I don't want to play this, Rebecca. Me, but... I'm not. This isn't a like I love you, oh, Rebecca. That, song. No, it is not. It is not. No, no. But it never does, play this for your significant it, other. It, it does bring back memories of some of my previous relationships. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but in all seriousness, so yeah, it, I don't know. I liked it right away. The the music caught my my ear. The the lyrics made me immediately kind of want to zero in and just kind of uh, pay more attention to them. Uh, it's got some great ones, a great couple of great lines that we'll talk about. The lyrics are are, are top notch, pagean goodness, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> someone has unglued our epoxy. Now I'm kissing you by proxy. That's fantastic. I mean, obviously, <laughs> I love you intermittently is just hilarious uh, and tragic. Uh, and I think my favorite song, my favorite song, my favorite lyric is towards the end um, when he says, "Didn't have the heart to say goodbye, so I continued in my charlatan ways." Did I say heart? I meant to say guts. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's it's really interesting that he's kind of just kind of finally kind of uh, uh, coming out and facing it. I guess you know we we talked about the the page bridge before, where the meat of the song is 
he's pretty upfront with it right away, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I don't think this is what I, what I meant was this is not one of those songs where you hit the bridge and it's like, oh, this is what it's really about. It's, it's oh, pretty see, much, I thought that it was. That's interesting. It's pretty well. I love you intermittently. You know, I, someone's on glue or a foxy. I'm kissing you by proxy. Hope you don't mind. <laughs> uh, like I said, I think it comes comes right out. Just hits you both barrels. It's pretty. It's yeah. pretty over the over the, on the nose. I suppose is what I'm trying to say. It. Oh yeah. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. I wonder again how autobiographical this is. A lot of his stuff, we hear a little bit of self loathing in, in Stevens' uh, lyrics, and I'm wondering if this was him kind of thinking back on an old flame and the way he handled it and not being particularly proud of himself. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not uh, trying to be an armchair analyst here, but uh, it, it, I just kind of wonder. It's interesting. I'd like to talk to him about this. Uh, Stephen, please come on the show <laughs> again. Again, yeah. <laughs> I have a question for you. Yes. That first note, the mm-hmm. first sound that we hear in this song, what is that? That it, What's going on there? Like, what instrument is that? What are they doing? That's just a bass guitar sliding up. Really? Yep. yep. It is. I, I love it. It's a great different sound than we get in any other song. Like, they don't use that often. Well, that's, that's one of the things that I know. Like, so, for me, again, as a drummer... I'm very attuned to rhythm section. I, I always, I don't know, I have various theories on why I became a drummer, but I think it was because I was born in the 80s. Back in the 80s, if you recall, there was a lot, the drums were very upfront in the mix, and there was a lot of reverb on the drums, and they filled the whole sound. It was a <laughs> Phil Collins era, right? It was the oh, era yeah. of Phil Collins and Dire Straits, and they had the <laughs> big boomy drums. And uh, so for me, I was, I was always drawn to that. So yeah, anytime you have something that's got a very energetic and locked-in rhythm section with bass and drums, I'm immediately, you know, more prone to liking it, certainly. And this one comes right in, like you said, with that nice bass slide and then kicks in with the drums and everything. And it just, it's just, it's interesting because we talked about how the, the song doesn't really, doesn't really beat around the bush too much uh, lyrically. And it doesn't do it musically either. It just kind of comes in, boom, and it just, you know, starts off and then goes. And I, I don't know, I like it. There's something, uh, there's something to be said for something that's kind of uh, unsubtle <laughs> and, and just kind of, uh, it's just kind of a good rocker. You know, I like it. Mm-hmm. What can I say? So how many guts do you give this song? <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, like I said, I really, really, really like this one. Um, music and lyrics are both good. Uh, I don't know if it's one of my all-time, all-time favorites, but it's definitely up there. It's definitely in the conversation for some of their better ones. So I, I think I'm going to give it uh, intermittently. I will award... 4.2 guts out of 5. All right. Uh, Stefan rated it 4.25. I rated it 4.75. Mm. And and uh, Jeff gave it a 5. So pretty, pretty well-liked song. Um, I do want to also put out there an appearance. Um, I did mention before the inter- intimate and interactive. I want to throw one more out there, which is Stephen singing this. On the last Ships and Dips tour, uh, days before he left the band. Um, but right. it's interesting. They have never played this song. They played it over 30 times when he was with the band. They have never played this song again since he's left the band. So this is definitively huh. a Steve song. Yeah. And he's played it several times in his Live from the live from Home uh, songs. Or concerts you must have kept held on to the rights um no they all have they all have all the rights for every song they just choose not to sing no, the song i think they could play it if they wanted to it was probably about steve isn't it but have they done have they done break your heart since nope. he's left i don't think no, they've done I, that one see, either that's what i'm saying i think some songs are just definitively steve, steve and th- i think this is yeah. one of them that it, even if he's not the narrator it's it is definitively him that has written and what and was in love with the song. There's there's some vocal stuff that you hear and hear that's on par with "Break Your Heart." Yeah. Um. And and I do need to say, I mean, maybe down the road, we'll, we'll when we when we talk about it and we re- reevaluate, um, things may change. But I actually do. Um, and I know this might take some hits, but I actually do put this up with "Break Your Heart." Because I do feel like it's a very similar idea, even though the guy, obviously, we've talked about is not uh, as kosher as the guy from Break Your Heart. But still, vocally in the song, Steven pulls off some stuff that I, I don't, I can't see anybody else in the world doing. 
and he does it so well. And I think that's just why I love this song so much. Um, and I, I like, yeah, I can, I can see why they haven't done it since then and why he continues to. And one more thing I, I want to throw like... in there real quick um, is what I like about the Ships and Dips one is that you can actually see Joe in the background. So Joe, for the people who don't know, is the is the seventh BNL member in a lot of ways. He's the guy who does a lot of the setup of the drums, tests the drums out, and you know when they need someone to come on stage dressed as Santa Claus, dressed as anything else, he's the one that comes on stage and does all that extra stuff as you know, as the extra member of the band. And so you get to see him in the background throughout this, this version with Steven singing it. And it's wonderful. I'm like, there he is. He exists. I told you he exists. <laughs> I really like Steven singing. I think he's a great singer. He's, he's an amazing singer. Um, and I think he really makes a lot of these songs. Uh, bringing, you know, uh, I think he brings them to life. He adds the color. Something about his, his voice that just really pulls it all in. Well, and he, he has this pattern <laughs> with Alternative Girlfriend, <laughs> with Break Your Heart, and with a number of these songs. Um, he has a pattern of writing these narrators that we can see that avoid confrontation, but at the same time, they, dr they do things to drive <laughs> people further away from them. Do, do you kind of get where I'm going here? And Jane, I mean. and Jane, like he, he has this pattern of 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 like he doesn't want them there, and he avoids not wanting to break up. But he he's also putting up invisible fences to keep them away. Oh, <laughs> very well done, sir. So let me guess what the next song is. <laughs> what do you think it is? Break your heart. <laughs> <laughs> We're going backwards. That's right. We're going to go backwards. Oh, to I wasn't right. ready because I forgot the order that we recorded these. <laughs> <laughs> so join us next week as we discuss Invisible Fences. And thanks. That was fun. Oh, it might be fun for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. That was fun. Don't forget. No regrets. Except maybe. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.